Epistle 76 of Epistles of Cyprian by Cyprian. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Epistle 76. Cyprian to Nemesianus and other martyrs in the mines. Argument. He extols with wonderful commendations the martyrs in the mines, opposing in a beautiful antithesis to the torture of each, the consolations of each. We gather that this was written in exile from the words, quote, if the limits of the place appointed me did not restrain me, banished as I am on account of the confession of the name. End quote. Cyprian, to Nemesianus, Felix, Lucius, another Felix, Lydius, Polianus, Victor, Jader, and Davitus, his fellow bishops, also to his fellow presbyters and deacons, and the rest of the brethren in the mines, martyrs of God, the Father Almighty and of Jesus Christ our Lord, and of God our Preserver, everlasting greeting. Your glory, indeed, would demand, most blessed and beloved brethren, that I myself should come to see and embrace you, if the limits of the place appointed me did not restrain me, banished as I am for the sake of the confession of the name. But in what way I can, I bring myself into your presence." And even though it is not permitted me to come to you in body and in movement, yet in love and in spirit, I come, expressing my mind in my letter, in which mind I joyfully exult in those virtues and praises of yours, counting myself a partaker with you, although not in bodily suffering, yet in community of love. Could I be silent and restrain my voice in stillness? when I am made aware of so many and such glorious things concerning my dearest friends, things with which the divine condensation has honored you, so that part of you have already gone before by the consummation of their martyrdom, to receive from their Lord the crown of their deserts, part still abide in the dungeons of the prison, or in the mines and in chains, exhibiting by the very delays of their punishments, greater examples for the strengthening and arming of the brethren, advancing by the tediousness of their tortures to more ample titles of merit, to receive as many payments in heavenly rewards as days are now counted in their punishments. I do not marvel, most brave and blessed brethren, that these things have happened to you in consideration of the desert of your religion and your faith that the Lord should thus have lifted you to the lofty height of glory by the honor of his glorification, seeing that you have always flourished in his church, guarding the tenor of the faith, keeping firmly the Lord's commands, in simplicity, innocence, in charity, concord, modesty, and humility, diligence in administration, watchfulness in helping those that suffer, mercy in cherishing the poor, constancy in defending the truth, judgment and severity of discipline, and that nothing should be wanting to the example of good deeds in you, even now, in the confession of your voice and the suffering of your body, you provoke the minds of your brethren to divine martyrdom, by exhibiting yourselves as leaders of virtue, that while the flock follows its pastors and imitates what it sees to be done by those set over it, it may be crowned with the like merits of obedience by the Lord. But that, being first severely beaten with clubs and ill use, you have begun, by sufferings of that kind, the glorious firstlings of your confession, is not a matter to be execrated by us. 
for a Christian body is not very greatly terrified at clubs, seeing all its hope is in the wood. The servant of Christ acknowledges the sacrament of his salvation, redeemed by wood to eternal life. He is advanced by wood to the crown. But what wonder if, as golden and silver vessels, you have been committed to the mine that is the home of gold and silver, except that now the nature of the mines is changed, and the places which previously had been accustomed to yield gold and silver have begun to receive them. Moreover, they have put fetters on your feet, and have bound your blessed limbs, and the temples of God with disgraceful chains, as if the spirit also could be bound with the body, or your gold could be stained by the contact of iron. To men, who are dedicated to God, and attesting their faith with religious courage, such things are ornaments, not chains, nor do they bind the feet of Christians for infamy, but glorify them for a crown." O feet blessedly bound, which are loosed not by the smith, but by the Lord. O feet blessedly bound, which are guided to paradise in the way of salvation. O feet bound for the present time in the world, that they may be always free with the Lord. O feet lingering for a while among the fetters and crossbars, but to run quickly to Christ on a glorious road. Let cruelty, either envious or malignant, hold you here in its bonds and chains as long as it will. From this earth and from those sufferings you shall speedily come to the kingdom of heaven. The body is not cherished in the mines with couch and cushions, but it is cherished with the refreshment and solace of Christ. The frame wearied with labors lies prostrate on the ground, but it is no penalty to lie down with Christ. Your limbs unbathed are foul and disfigured with filth and dirt, Within, they are spiritually cleansed, although without the flesh is defiled. There the bread is scarce, but man liveth not by bread alone, but by the word of God. Shivering, you want clothing, but he who puts on Christ is both abundantly clothed and adorned. The hair of your half-shorn head seems repulsive, but since Christ is the head of the man, anything whatever must needs become that head which is illustrious on account of Christ's name. All that deformity, detestable, and foul to Gentiles, with what splendor shall it be recompensed? This temporal and brief suffering, how shall it be exchanged for the reward of a bright and eternal honor, when, according to the word of the blessed apostle, quote, The Lord shall change the body of our humiliation, that it may be fashioned like to the body of his brightness. End quote. But there cannot be felt any loss of either religion or faith, most beloved brethren, in the fact that now there is given no opportunity there to God's priests for offering and celebrating the divine sacrifices. Yea, you celebrate and offer a sacrifice to God, equally precious and glorious, and that will greatly profit you for the retribution of heavenly rewards, since this sacred scripture speaks, saying, quote, The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a contrite and humbled heart, God doth not despise. End quote. You offer this sacrifice to God. You celebrate this sacrifice without intermission, day and night, being made victims to God and exhibiting yourselves as holy and unspotted offerings, as the apostle exhorts and says, quote, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, 
and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. End quote. For this it is which especially pleases God. It is this wherein our works with greater deserts are successful in earning God's good will. This it is which alone the obedience of our faith and devotion can render to the Lord for his great and saving benefits, as the Holy Spirit declares and witnesses in the Psalms, quote, What shall I render, says he, to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take the cup of salvation, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, end quote. Who would not gladly and readily receive the cup of salvation? Who would not with joy and gladness desire that in which he himself also may render somewhat unto his Lord? Who would not bravely and unfalteringly receive a death precious in the sight of the Lord to please his eyes, who, looking down from above upon us who are placed in the conflict for his name, approves the willing, assists the struggling, crowns the conquering with the recompense of patience, goodness, and affection, rewarding in us whatever he himself has bestowed and honoring what he has accomplished. For that it is his doing that we conquer, and that we attain by the subduing of the adversary to the palm of the greatest contest the Lord declares and teaches in his gospel, saying, quote, But when they deliver you up, Take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. End quote. And again, quote, Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which your adversaries shall not be able to resist. End quote. Which, indeed, is both the great confidence of believers and the gravest fault of the faithless, that they do not trust him who promises to give his help to those who confess him and do not, on the other hand, fear him who threatens eternal punishment to those who deny him. All which things, most brave and faithful soldiers of Christ, you have suggested to your brethren, fulfilling in deeds what ye have previously taught in words, hereafter, to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven, as the Lord promises, and says, quote, Whosoever shall do and teach so shall be called the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. End quote. Moreover, a manifold portion of the people, following your example, have confessed alike with you, and alike have been crowned, associated with you in the bond of the strongest charity, and separated from their prelates, neither by the prison nor by the mines, in the number of whom neither are there wanting virgins, in whom the hundredfold are added to the fruit of sixtyfold, in whom a double glory has advanced the heavenly crown. In boys, also, a courage greater than their age has surpassed their years, in the praise of their confession, so that every sex and every age should adorn the blessed flock of your martyrdom. What now must be the vigor, beloved brethren, of your victorious consciousness? What the loftiness of your mind, what exaltation in feeling, what triumph in your breast, that every one of you stands near to the promised reward of God, are secure from the judgment of God. Walk in the minds with the body captive indeed, but with the heart reigning, that you know Christ is present with you, 
rejoicing in the endurance of his servants who are ascending by his footsteps and in his paths to the eternal kingdoms. You daily expect with joy the saving day of your departure, and already about to withdraw from the world, you are hastening to the rewards of martyrdom and to the divine homes to behold after this darkness of the world the purest light, and to receive a glory greater than all sufferings and conflicts, as the apostle witnesses and says, quote, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us, end quote. And because now your word is more effectual in prayers, and supplication is more quick to obtain what is sought for in afflictions, seek more eagerly, and ask that the divine condensation would consummate the confession of all of us, that from this darkness and these snares of the world, God would set us also free with you, sound and glorious, that we who here are united in the bond of charity and peace, and have stood together against the wrongs of heretics and the oppressions of the heathens, may rejoice together in the heavenly kingdom. I bid you, most blessed and most beloved brethren, ever farewell in the Lord, and always and everywhere remember me. End of Epistle 76 by Cyprian Read by David Ronald.